Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's your favourite fact podcast back in your ears for a brand new week. My name is Dan. Thank you very much for being there, for following. Three on my end, we'll talk about days of the week. Also, a missing remote control and why croissants are shaped like croissants. It's a tease for you. Mark is also here. Right, this week for you, I've got the origin of something. I've got donuts and why I'm probably going to die before you two. Oh, thankfully. Thankfully. Hallelujah, Connor. What have you got on your end? Uh, flying bicycles. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about toilets because I think that's appropriate. And just Americans in general. Okay. We're a substantial portion of our listenership are from the good old United States of America. So stick around for that. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. How has your week been? It has been wonderful, thank you, Daniel. Well, I, I think I've gone through the start of Jan asking if you've taken on or stopped doing anything for at least January. Connor, how are any resolution? How, how are you getting on? Yeah, good. We spoke about this, didn't we? I, I set myself a task of trying to read more books. Oh, yeah. Um, have you read anything? Yes, I have, actually. Um, and I'm almost coming to the end of my first book of the year, so I'm proud of myself. Well done. I'm proud of you, mate. What mm. what book is it? I seem to remember. I think it's probably something. It's probably something about it's motivational, it's aspirational, it's something well, like that. But I, I started The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, um, and I kind of wasn't really in the frame of mind for that just yet. So I started with a guy called Mike Mayak, which is a YouTuber who was a drug addict, and it's called The Fifth Vital, and it was kind of like about his life. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. It was really cool to see how he went from like the rock bottom to like stardom. I just enjoyed that story. So yeah, it was good. good read. Doesn't sound like a cup of tea. No, I can imagine you not getting on board with that. No, I don't want to hear it. I don't really want to read about anyone at rock bottom. Mm. I can't imagine you wanting to read a success story. That, that seems very against what you what you stand for. Well, what was quite interesting about you it? Would read, you would read that book in reverse. So it's, <laughs> so it's the story of the, how that guy ruined his life. Well, well that's good. Isn't that it? is much more of a book for you. That's good, isn't it? Because then I've done something. I've read a book, and this bloke's failed. So I am. Um, that's that's the ideal situation for you. I actually learned quite a lot from it too, because he had like yeah, he hit rock that, bottom. That for you. Yeah, yeah, but he hit rock bottom due to that kind of epidemic out there with like uh, prescribed drugs. That was kind of like yeah. what his problem was. And I didn't really know much about that. So I learned a lot and it was also cool to see how he was there and then also ended up where he is now, which is fame, money and, and success. So that was cool. Yeah, happy for him. Hmm. Do you think in your time of doing this show and of reading, do you, well, is this, is this show rather, is it 
inspired you to become a more learned individual be, being around in the company of me and Mark yeah do you know what it is I have actually learned quite a lot from doing this show but also what it has taught me to do was kind of like allow myself to listen more to the sh- that you two come out with and pre this it, I would just uh, f- straight over the head you know like see you later but instead I need to listen to the, the, the nonsense that you also bring to the table I think that's some kind of a compliment in there somewhere mm. hidden away behind layers of connerisms yeah. uh, well listen nine, nine facts on the way three each let's get cracking I'm going to kick things off today I'd like to talk to you about what happened in 2002 in Turkmenistan. I'll be honest with you. I came into this podcast going, you know what? I really don't know enough about Turkmenistan in 2002. I've been obsessed with Turkmenistan this week. Have you? Yeah, like really bafflingly. I have absolutely no idea where that is, by the way. Like, it's got a Western Asia. Oh, right. Yeah, that end of the woods. Yeah, go to Oxstans. Oh, yeah. Russia. It's around the Stan region. Yeah, it's very hard to get into. Anyway. Turkmenistan has been run by autocrats, dictator-type people. And in 2002, it was run by a, a, a man called Sapamurat Nayazov. He was Turkmenistan's first and only president for life. Bit of an eccentric guy. Uh, almost like North Korea, he controls... He did control, and the current uh, president kind of controls everything... Uh, state media, that kind of stuff. Anyway, in 2002, he renamed all of the months. Every single month, he renamed. Some were to uh, things from Turkmenistan's past. So uh, February was renamed Baydak, which is means flag. So the, for the Turkmenistan's flag. So, you know, fair, fair things that you can rename months for for a country. Then it gets a bit strange. Um, April was renamed Gerbasoltan, which is the name of the president's mum. Sure. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what month were you born? Yeah, mum. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, there was a month named after the president's favourite poet. Which, of course, was... Uh, oh, very good. <laughs> I should probably have said that. Magtilmiguli uh, Piragi. It was renamed Magtilmiguli. Uh, that that's what May became. I also, very quickly, in September... September, Connor, one sec. September was renamed Hrunama, uh, which is the book that the president wrote. Oh, there you go. Get a bit of marketing in there while you're doing your promotion. I can't help but think to myself that before he kind of approached renaming the months, he should have renamed himself. Because could you just repeat his name to me? Because it sounds like an admin to think about that name every day. Yeah, but to be fair, mate, this is in... This is in- Turkmenistan. I, mean, yeah, just, I imagine they would probably me, have a trouble with the silent K in Connor Knight. Give me the name. Uh, his name is Sapamurat Nayazov. Also, he took the, the the first month for himself. He renamed it Turkmenbazi, which means the leader of Turkmen, which was his adopted name. So basically, what I'm getting around to, in a very languid way, he renamed the 12 months pretty much after things that he enjoyed, cared about oh, I, himself. I don't really you know. I'm kind of on board with that. I'm yeah, I don't, with this. I don't really know that area of the world much. Can't say I go there often. But There's a surprise. You, should, you know surprise. what book you should read? What? A map. A map, there we go. You should read an uh, atlas. That's what you should do, yeah. Would you say, based on maybe having more knowledge than me, that there was more to focus on in that area of the world than renaming the months? Sorry, say that again? Is there more to focus on? Do you reckon there's more going on that he needs to spend his time doing than thinking of new names for the months? Bit pointless. I'll be honest with you, it's probably like if you if you ran for election, let's say it was one of those countries where you actually ran for election, uh, and you ran on a one pledge only ticket saying, I'm going to rename mm-hmm. the months. I can't imagine him getting in. I can't think that that is top of the list, Connor. And also, it's, it's a pretty big place. It's I think it's almost double the size of the UK, 
I think there's only about 6 million people that live there, which is fewer than in London. So they've not really got a lot to worry about. Also, it's an exceedingly rich country because they've got a lot of natural gas reserves. This I started researching Turkmenistan because I saw an article about a massive hole that was on fire and it was called the gates of hell and they're finally trying to mm. put it out after like 10 years yeah anyway lastly that guy is bizarre the current president of turkmenistan and you thought his name was strange is a guy called gurbanguli birdie moo meadow <laughs> i thought it was going to end with birdie mooley i was like that would have been great gurdan booley murder mooley um very sorry if we've got any listeners from Turkestan. I have made an absolute arse end of that. But he spends most of his time in the gym. He's an old man who spends most of his time in the gym or riding on horseback, baby. He even appeared in a rap video about the country that his son made. So I think I am born in life to be an eccentric dictator, i got to say, and I would rename more than the months, also the days of the week. I mean, in fairness, you are halfway there. You're just missing the tater bit. You can edit that out. Connor, give us your first fact of the show. Right, we had a nice big load of information from Dan for the first fact, so I think it's only appropriate that I give you this one. More people in the world have mobile phones than toilets. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes quite a lot of sense. I mean, in fairness, you wouldn't have a toilet without a mobile phone because what are you going to do what when you go for a sh- Yeah, but also what bothers me is the fact that there's some people in the, in the world that have mobile phones but don't have somewhere to sh- Surely the priority, if you have yeah, the money the- to spend, is buying a f-ing toilet. Right, Connor, how many toilets have you got in your house? Three. Three. How many people live in your house? Three. Okay, you're a bad example, but... Quite often, right, so you would have more people in a house than toilets. Yeah. It's so, not one toilet per person. Most people don't have a poo palace in their bedroom. In my flat, mm. one toilet, We've me and my girlfriend both have a mobile phone. So what they've done here is is done it wide. They've not gone around every single person and asked, do you have a toilet, do you have a mobile phone? And also, you've got to think of maybe third world countries where they do have mobile phones, perhaps, because charities have given it to them as a way of communicating to family and them. And perhaps they don't have you know, a, a, a recognised toilet each per family. It's quite sad, though, isn't it, to think that there are some people in the world, maybe, that have a mobile phone and, 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 and can't get anywhere. It just gets mm. to me. Imagine if they had IBS as well. I mean, did you, well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, mobile phone, toilet, combinate is my perfect scenario. So one of those gone, nightmare. TikTok, 10 out of 10. What about this? Would your perfect invention be a little mobile phone? If you pressed a button, the back popped out and you could just... Squeeze out a nice little turd into it. What, into the back of an iPhone? Well, it might be a bigger than an iPhone because it's got to fit your feces in. Dan, I think you need to um, learn about IBS. I mean, if, if, if I'm producing, f- you know, feces that is the size of the back of the iPhone, I'd actually be quite happy with that. But instead, I'm definitely clogging up most drains that are local to me. Is, so, is it, is it, is Why it, are you having poos in drains? Well, do sewages, whatever you've you got three it. toilets. Yeah, <laughs> you don't, I kind of need to go out and pull your car seats down and go and cack in a train. He's very middle class, isn't it? The fact that I kind of rotate my toilet time and, and where I go. But the downstairs toilet is always like warm. One for the well. morning, one for the afternoon, one for the evening. It's because he needs to. Because yeah. the, the one the first one needs time to air out. Yeah, yeah. I did realise as well when when my bedroom got done when it was when the house was built and Dad was like, "We're going to put a toilet in there," and he was very very kind of like, "That must be a toilet." Maybe at that young age, I was I was causing well, situations. Realising why the poo palace exists. Also, <laughs> the fact that he didn't put a door on because of planning permission, but it was actually because he wanted as as little barrier between you and your raging bowels and the place where you can explode them all in. It's like yeah. if, it's, if you, it's only going to slow you down if you've got a door. 
I think he'd done it as punishment for my younger years where I just provided terrible smells in the bathroom. And now he was like, we're not going to put a door on yours. So when you lay on your bed and play FIFA, you can deal with the poo particles. Yeah. Cheers. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. Okay, so in the 1950s, donut shops were some of the only fast food businesses which were open late at night. That is why they've become synonymous with police, because it was one of the few places that police could go on a night shift, grab a snack, fill out some paperwork, get warm and take a break. It's funny you say that, actually, because I remember when I... And I don't know whether this is because, naturally, back in the 50s, they were open late. But I always remembered... It's really funny, actually, that you say it, because when I was walking around New York, all of the donut shops, Dunkin' Donuts, the Little Independents, are always open, like, at 2 o'clock in the morning. Always. And busy. You know, people like getting lattes and a donut at, like, 2 a.m. So maybe that's just because of the the 50s. It's like a thing they do. It's always been been a way of life. Yeah, go on, please. Yeah, it's... It's. I mean, there's no real reason on record for why they were some of the first food businesses open late. But I guess if it's your only option, then that's what you're going to go and do. And then if it becomes your only option, it becomes normal habit that having a donut at two in the morning is just like, yeah, that's normal. That's absolutely fine. So it's kind of a case of is it open late because people want donuts at that time or do people want donuts at that time because they're used to them being open late? Why was it always a a sort of a thing that that we related to police officers? Like, was that kind of through film and and, and comics and and animation? Yeah, I think it was was a stereotype of fat, lazy policemen sat on their arse all day. What do they do? I don't know. They must eat donuts. I don't know if they do in real life. It's never been a kind of traditional Brit thing, has it? They've all, in British cop dramas, cop dramas, they're always drinking tea out of a uh, like a plastic cup. I will say one thing though, uh, like America kind of raves, doesn't it, about like donuts, donuts, donuts. I've never actually had a good donut in America. Like Dunkin' right. Donuts is pretty, pretty bad. Just putting it out so, there. So, I one of my one of the hills that I am honestly willing to die on is the donut hype. Is ridiculous. In yeah. London right now, you go to donut shops where you're paying upwards of a fiver for a single donut because it's got biscuits on top, it's got caramel drizzled on top. You can't eat that in one. It defeats the purpose of a donut because you can't physically just hold it and squash it into your mouth. There is nothing better than a ring donut or a jam-filled donut. I'll take custard, sure, but the current fascination with overpriced, overhyped, over-decorated, under-tasted donuts, it drives me up the wall. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I went to a donut place in London. I can't remember what one, and and their their, their donut was um, what's that green tea that you get? It's like a Japanese tea. Matcha, matcha donut, right? Tasted like. Tried it, not good. The, the, you're right what you're saying. The rotation of donuts, if you are a donut king, single glaze, plain, good. Jam, yes. And just a donut with the sprinkles on top. Oh, wonderful. What, 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 what a, fill, a fillingless, thick donut. Filling, the best donut, my favourite donut is from a local bakery to me called Shenfield Bakery. It's 65 pence and it is a donut and it's got like a white icing on it and sprinkles and it just tastes sensational. No no filling. No, 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 no filling. It's great. Very bizarre. No, and no ring. It's filled in the middle. Yeah, no, no. So it's just like a ball. Yeah. Kind of like a jam donut that isn't filled. And then on top of it is like icing and sprinkles. It's just wonderful. It's, it's, it's a ball of bread. Sounds to me like they've done half a job. Yeah. Sounds yeah. very stodgy. That's why you've got raging IBS. Yeah, easy. It's yeah. up in there. Yeah, after, after that, I do get through a bottle of Gaviscon. Right, I've got a, another pastry fact for you. Connor, what, what shape is a croissant? 
croissant. It's like a sort of um, what shape is a croissant? It's like a, a tube, isn't it? It's kind of wrapped, maybe a little bit. No, no, actually, no. That's the emoji. Um, don't know really. Kind of like a. I honestly, I honestly didn't think. That kind of like fatter in the part. middle and thin at the end. It actually looks a little bit like a. Sh- it's like a crescent. It's like a crescent. Thank you. There we go. Where, Connor, where do you think croissants were invented? What country? I know that it wasn't France, but I don't know the oh, okay, answer. Uh, legend has he's it. He's played this game before, straight in with it's not France, is it? He's, <laughs> yeah. play, he's played this game before. Oh, I can't believe that you've played Guess Where Croissants Are From before. I'm annoyed that I've, I've brought such a popular game to the studio. Anyway, legend has it croissants were invented in Vienna to celebrate the defeat of the Ottomans. So the Ottomans were uh, an empire kind of from Turkey and like dipped into Eastern Europe, a bit of Greece as well. So the Ottomans invaded Turkey. Hey. I'm listening. (laughs) Hey. The Ottomans invaded Vienna. The Austrians beat them. (laughs) He's still on his phone. I'm completely listening. I'm completely listening. Go on then. What has he just said, (laughs) Connor? The Ottomans defeated Vienna and then kept kept clicking him here. The Ottomans invaded Austria. The Austrians win. Now, the Ottomans were Muslim. On the Muslim flag, on the Turkish and Ottoman flag, they had the Muslim symbol, which has a crescent on it. So the Austrians, to celebrate their embarrassment of the Ottomans, they put the crescent from the flag as a pastry so they could literally say, we have eaten you. We have eaten you. We've defeated you to such an extent. We have eaten you. I'm sorry if that wasn't explained as best as possible. What might be edited out, I was dealing with Connor, but he's sorting out his PPI on his phone for the last 20 minutes, trying to do his car insurance. So that's why it's crescent shaped because they're taking the piss out of the Ottoman Empire flag, which had a crescent uh, from the symbol of Islam. Yeah, I was dealing with tax return. Apologies. Um, no, yes, sounds like a kick in the teeth, that. Yeah, it is. Just that, that was from Connor's book of stock answers when he's not really been paying attention. No, it's mm, already... Ma- I, I, I mean, wouldn't like to put myself in that situation. Hmm. I mean, Mark... Well, what a way to finish the day. <laughs> Mark, would you agree with me? I mean, I don't really know what to say to it. It's kind of, it is what it is, you know? Like, they've beat you, they've made something that you eat, and it's a f-ing kick in the teeth. I don't really know what else to say. Yeah, it is. It's also it's another thing. I feel like Austria gets a bit of a kind bit of bad press on baffled. Its own kick in the teeth as well. That a lot of things that Austria invents, people assume comes from other places. Tell me about another one. Strudel. Yeah, I mean, I've, everyone assumes strudel is yeah, German. I don't think I've it's Austrian. I don't think I've spent more than twenty seconds of my life contemplating schnitzel. the or- origins of strudels or schnitzel. Yeah. Hitler. He was from Austria, not Germany. You're not the sort of person that can make those comments. I would put you down as the person that would debate where strudel's from. Like, you get up to stuff that isn't normal, so. <laughs> uh, but I think croissant's more because croissant is more, I mean, listen, you've got croissant, it's more typically French. So the fact that it is in French is interesting. And the fact that it was made as complete piss take on another uh, country and empire makes it even more parfait. I would definitely throw it out there. I, and you know, I might get a bit of backlash on it, but I... Hate croissants. Really not a fan. I only like them as an almond croissant. I love a croissant. Mm. I love a croissant. What year would you say that the croissant is reported to have been invented, Connor? 1920s. Shockingly, actually. I mean, it's much before that, but the Ottomans were around for quite a long time. People are surprised, well, should be surprised at how long the Ottoman Empire existed for. Should I have a guess at a year? Uh, No, I would not like to have a guess at a year. 1683. (laughs) That's when the croissant was allegedly invented. Thank you. 
Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Okay, did you know you can actually buy a flying bicycle? That's actually a thing. You can actually purchase it. I did it. not know. Yeah, like you can. Like off of E.T. Yeah, like off of E.T. Um, yeah, so it sounds like something, obviously, that is abnormal, not real. Um, but British inventors John Foden and Yannick Reed, they actually come up with a bicycle that flies. It's called the Explore Air Pargilio. It's a ridiculous word. Paravello, sorry. Actually, sorry, there was a red line underneath the word, so it threw me. Um, and yeah, it's composed of a folding bicycle and a lightweight trailer that contains a biofuel-powered fan motor. The motor turns the fan, and with enough of a runway, it can reach up to 25 mile an hour in the air and 4,000 feet in altitude. Do you have to have a... A parachute on the back, I would imagine. Because otherwise, but, why is it going to take you off? I'd assume that, that the, I'd assume that the insurance that they've taken out as a company as well is, is sky high because you can imagine the suing that's going on if you fall out of the thing. But it doesn't look particularly safe. But you, you, you would need a parachute, otherwise it's not going to take off. Yeah, of course you would, yeah. Okay. It's, like, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a tricycle, really, looking at a picture of it. It's... It's not what I would want from a flying bicycle. I mean, it's, I guess, a bicycle that flies. But it's not, you know, it's not Elliot on ET. It's not just lifting up, is it? You've got to go through quite a bit of admin for this. You've what, got I lo- what I love about fan, this... Get the parachute. Get what I love about runway. this is this is exactly what you would imagine it to look like if you was to put the picture of it in your head. You go look, it's the exact thing. And I love the fact that somebody has actually created it. They've done it. Why not? Let's do it. Let's make it a thing. But 4,000 feet in that thing doesn't feel like something I would want to do anytime soon, to be honest with you. Do you know how fast it needs to be to take off? 25 mile an hour. No. That's it? Believe so. That shocks me. I thought it would have to be much quicker than that. Yeah, Mark's kind of digesting it. I think he's trying to think of it as a as an actual thing, and he's like a bit. I'm, what, I'm watching a video. It's good on a podcast, isn't it? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Please do share, I Mark. Mean, th- it's, it's it's not. So like, you have to cycle it to a field, then you have to get the this is what parachute out. This is what I'm saying. It's too much admin. It's not like you're on your BMX one day and you just want to go a bit higher over a jump. Oh yeah, but you yeah, know, get just... you know, you know, floating around in the sky. It's just an easy mundane thing. You just do that day to day, can't you? Of course, if you want to jump out of a plane and stuff, it takes a little bit of preparation. You're flying bike for God's sake. Well, it's, it's just not. It's just a gimmick. There's no. It's not practical. It'd be a very good way of avoiding rush hour. I mean, let's put it there. I don't think it would. I think it's better to cycle through rush hour than it is to do this. Do you reckon you'd have to pay yeah, Lulez? You've got to go out your way to find an airfield. Do you reckon you'd have to pay Ulez? Well, no, but you don't want to get on a normal bike anyway. For mm. those who don't live in London, Ulez, it's a topical reference from Connor, is quite an expensive charge that you now have to do to drive your old diesel powered car into the city. Yeah, just to put in perspective for you, for me to drive from where I live into London cost me probably about 35 quid before I've even put petrol in it. It's a joke. I mean, you could take a train in for cheaper than £30 and, you know, it's a win-win all round. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. Left-handed people tend to live significantly shorter lives than right-handed people because they face more perils in a world dominated by right-handed design. Makes I sense. get it. When, you've, when you teased this earlier on and you said Connor and I are going to live longer than you, yes. I thought you were either referring to A, your ginger hair, Mm-hmm. Sun, perhaps, mm-hmm. makes you harmful to the UV rays, or your ridiculously unhealthy BMI. Thank you very much. <laughs> My BMI that is perfectly on point. Um, no, it is the fact that I am left-handed. So people who are left-handed uh, tend to live 
uh, on average 10 years less for a man than a right-handed person. And for a woman, it is five years less if you were left-handed. It's quite significant. How are you feeling about that? Um, Not great. I'll be honest with you. So it's nothing biological. It's Connor's just taking his headphones off. He doesn't care. It's nothing biological. So it's not that I am a weaker human being or anything by being left-handed. Mm. It's purely that the world is rigged against us. What is there? So left-handed people are more likely to die younger because of accidents. Stuff like driving. Because everything is designed for right-handed people. So left-handers have a bigger struggle in life living in a world designed for right-handers. Therefore, they're more likely to have accidents that lead to their death. I will say one thing. My mum's why left- they live younger on average. My mum's left-handed, and left-handed people are what we call cack-handed. They are awkward people. The way they do things, hold things, grab things, do th- it's just cack-handed. It, do- it, it doesn't work. You wanna- some interesting here i am right-handed but i do quite a lot of things cack-handed like i eat with my knife and fork in the wrong way so do i i don't do that i tend to lead with my left hand quite a long quite a lot of the time you know hold on i've got i've got that is your mum or dad left-handed dan no oh the reason that i hold my fork in my right hand is because my mum is left-handed so she'd hand me the fork into my right hand so i do it the opposite way and i also play snooker the wrong way okay I so, don't snooker at all, so there you go. Yeah, so my right hand will be on the table when I'm having a few beers, you know, like them weekly I snooker like sessions. a little bit ambidextrous. That everyone will do a few things left-handed, a few things right-handed, but you will always have a dominant hand. I think this is moaning. I think people enjoy being slightly alternative, slightly unique. So, you know, gingers moan about some things, left-handed people moan about other things. And I moan about both. Mark, are you left-footed? No, I'm actually right-footed. Oh, Christ. You just done all this, didn't you? Just to be a little bit different. F***ing hell, seriously. Yeah. Left-handed, right-footed. Christ. Play golf right-handed. Play Sounds like a nightmare. Left-handed bat, left-handed bowl. Yeah, you are very posh, aren't you? Hello. Sorry to interrupt your podcast. We didn't do that. It's just been magically done for us. We do a podcast, which I think you might like if you like this podcast. Our podcast is called The A to Z of Men with me, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. And what's the podcast about, Scott? I mean, what we're doing really is giving you an insight, a delve into the male mind. We're going through the alphabet letter by letter. I submit a word. Chris submits a word and we battle it out to see what word goes into the A to Z of men. And you can get us wherever you get your podcast from. Just search for the A to Z of men. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You can always get in touch with the show, by the way. If you've got any uh, facts for us, any places you want to point us out to, if you'd like a badge, if you'd like any shout-outs, if you've got any recommendations uh, for Mark to reduce his sky-high cholesterol, it's infobaffledpod.com. You can always get in touch with the show. It's uh, on socials as well, at baffledpod on Instagram and the TikTok. Last fact of the show for me, a swing bridge in Dublin was unable to open for the past four years... Because they lost the remote. I love the fact that it is controlled by a single remote. That is brilliant. Yeah. Do you think that uh, the... Is it Tower Bridge in London? I'd assume that's more... That's the one that goes up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Tower Bridge in London. Yeah, they have a they have a massive system. I've actually been in it and I've been up here. They have a massive system for getting it open. God, and did you include that it, in the day when you was looking at post boxes, mate? Was it kind of like a Saturday out? Was it, or? it was very, it was incredible, actually. I got to walk oh. over the top. Have you seen what? the second the second Tom Holland Spider-Man film? Yep. When they're in London, you know, at the point where Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Holland are at the top? Mm. I've, been, I've been there. I've walked across the, the glo- anyway, this is taking us away from this. A, a swing bridge in Ireland, in Dublin, called the Sean O'Casey Bridge. It was shut for four months because they couldn't find the remote. They couldn't find the handheld device that opened it. So, so they just made a new one. They made a new remote. And it took did- them four years to do it. So it's a lot of looking, like looking down the back of the sofa before you think, I'll oh, just make a bloody new one. And they didn't think maybe we'll have some kind of manual override button in here that, you know, use access behind a key or something like that, just in case we lose the remote. Well, what's you know what's amazing is that how they could lose it. It's not like a small sky remote control. Like, it yeah. must be a big thing. Like, it, like yeah. where are they taking it to? You know Someone what's happened here. He took it home. And yeah, he never wanted to admit it and just. Went, so, I'm just gonna chuck it in the bin. That was someone, good. someone's been sacked, I reckon, or someone's been dismissed, or someone was unhappy, and they know there's just one remote and it's gonna cause an absolute nightmare. Taking it, I would. So it was stuck open. No, no, no. It it was stuck closed. But okay. it, it's been un, it, it's on like a big river. I, I don't have the details, but I would imagine it's on the yeah. There you go. It's on the Liffey. Uh, it was. It's been unable to open for ships for the okay. last four years, which I would imagine would have quite a dent in uh, maybe port uh, their, their portage. Maybe boats that are coming in with with yeah, trade. So, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's not as as it once was, but yeah. That's a lot more. I thought you said it was shut. It was um, stuck, stuck open. open. Which would be a case of, well, someone has clicked the button literally two minutes ago. Where has the remote gone in that time? Yeah, and you could At least that one, in, they might have been, oh, we haven't used the remote in mm. a few weeks. We've forgotten how to use it or whatever. To open Tower Bridge in London, you have to give them 24 hours notice. And you, like anyone can do it. Like if you take a ship in there that's too big, if you give them 24 hours notice, they'll open it for you. Crazy. Got stuck open last year. Caused chaos. Have you ever heard the story about... open for like eight hours. This genuinely happened. Have you ever heard the story about the guy who drove a bus over it as it was opening? No. In the Spice Girls film. Yeah, but it actually happened. I can't remember, maybe the 50s, it was something like this. Uh, a, a guy was driving a bus full of people and 
it was opening and he couldn't break too late and he didn't really realise it. So he just had to absolutely rag it and he got over it in real life. Are you sure you're not thinking of Spice World, Spice World? Or James Bond. On 30th of December 1952, Albert Gunter was happily going about his day job, driving the number 72 bus. To his surprise, the road in front of him seemed to drop away. His bus was on a rising road, he realised. Didn't know what to do, so he slammed down on the accelerator on the accelerator, and he got all 20 passengers to safety. The bus was only going 12 miles an hour. There you go. And you know what he got for that? He got a day off work and, and a tenner. A oh, tenner. Probably back then, yeah. though, quite a bit of money. Yeah, about 300 quid, apparently. Right, there you go. Two facts in one. Connor, give us your last fact of the show. So if you have $10 in your back pocket in America with no debts, you are wealthier than 25% of Americans. Uh, I, that's more interesting because normally the fact is, you know, like if you've got 50 quid, you're richer than point you know, 99% of the population of the world. Again, that's another version of the same fact, so, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but I mean, it's more interesting that it's like a 10, and specifically 75% of, I, mean, I guess it's the debt, isn't it? That's why. Well, the difference is as well, it, kind of what I was trying to work out in my head why this is, and obviously credit cards and, and ways of paying for things in America, I think is a lot, well, definitely different to over here. I know it works maybe differently. Um, so maybe it's the case that Americans live more in debt due to the way that they actually spend and, and use money compared to the UK, which is all sort of direct debit work, isn't it? And we always use the cash. Do you have a credit card? Uh, yeah, I've got an Amex, yeah. Do you have one? Yeah. I don't have a credit card. Never had a credit card. It's I definitely worth it. I feel about that. I just, I, I just feel it's, it gets me some nice, it could get me like little upgrades, I guess. Mm. But I just feel like it's a bit weird to spend money that's not yours. Well, no, an, Am- an Amex card is... You pay it back every month. Yeah, an Amex card is brilliant. You get you get you get all your insurances when you book things, and you know it's good for when you go to Heathrow. You get to go in a little lounge and get all free food, and free drinks. <laughs> but then I can just great. do that with the money that I I could spend the money to do that. You're mm. doing that because you're paying an interest on the money no. that you're giving them. Don't pay interest on Amex. No, you pay to have the card. What's the point of it? You pay to have the card. What's the point? Oh right. So how much do you pay to get to have the card? Uh, it's about 190 quid a year. Oh, so there you go. So I could just spend that money and get an upgrade on a flight or whatever. Yeah, well, to get into the lounge that I go into is £25 a pop. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, how many times do you have to go in there to get your credit card back? Well, it depends well, how many times you fly for me, eight right? times. Right, hang on. How much money have you got in your wallet right now? I've got me? zero pounds. What, cash? I've got five euros. I've got ten euros and ten... Why have you got euros? We live in Britain. Just in case, ten dollars. I've got right. 10 euros and dollars Do you have any British money no. in that wallet? You've no. so far got $10 and 10 euros. No, I've got a load of checks that I've paid. I've got a free eye test voucher. Checks? What, are you, what year are we in? 2001? And some paracetamol that's crushed up, so there you go. God, if ever there's a way to sum up Dan Simpson's oh. wallet, that'd be it. F*** me. And if you want to know how rich I really am, good listener to Baffled, I've got a McDonald's Monopoly where I can get any hot drink until, Christ, the 18th of May. I need to get on that. There you go. Connor, how much have you got in your wallet? I imagine um, you're a cash-heavy man. I know. I don't carry a wallet. This is all I've got. Card holder. So, in oh, here... You seem like a cash-ready man. In here, uh, I have... I don't have it on me, but I think I've probably got about 10, 15 quid in there. No. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a card person normally. There you go. Yep, $10, in here, 10 euros. Oyster card, Amex, Monzo, Lloyd's card, and driver's licence. Good to go. For those oh. who aren't in London, uh, an Oyster card is a card that you can use to specifically buy oysters from shops. That's how posh Connor is. And a Nando's card. Right, let's get our last fact of the show very quickly. Uh, Connor, what do you spend 
on your Amex? What do you buy on it? So petrol, um, flights, um, anything that's like, you know, that kind of stuff, travel stuff. And once in a blue moon, like a round of drinks or whatever, just to be able to pay it off and get the old uh, credit up. Yeah, because that's what they say, isn't it? Well, I was really worried about credit rating and doing that, but then I didn't need it because I got a mortgage anyway. So like, everyone warned me for about 10 years, <laughs> oh, you need it for your credit rating. Yeah, bloody legend. <laughs> no, but I just don't know. And I don't understand why that's the case. I can't give you the answers, mate. Anyway, I love the fact you presented. Right, I love the. I love the fact you presented that to me as if you wanted the answer for me. And here I am as a guy that talks as Gone Connor explains weekly. I don't. I know the answers to mortgage and credit ratings. <laughs> Not my thing. Mark, give us the last fact of the show. In 1825, painter <sighs> Samuel Morse received a letter which read that his wife was sick. The day after, a new one arrived saying that she had died. Two days later. He managed to get back to his wife because he was away and he discovered that she'd already been buried. Communication was too slow. So that is when Samuel Morse invented Morse code. Yeah, very good. Have we done a Morse code, Connor Explains? I don't think we have. I, I don't know anymore. And also, I, I, I've got a thing now. I need to just be openly honest with you. When I hear 18 something at the beginning of the fact, I do instantly switch off. I cannot repeat What's back to you what you said. What what year do you reckon it is? Kind of where you Nin- you do switch off. What, nineteen eight nineteen eighties below that. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. I reckon on that one. So in in four point five billion years of history of the universe, about two hundred thousand years worth of human history, you're putting the catch of your interest on. 31 years. Yeah, but like, what I'm saying is, we're going so far back here. It's hearsay, mate. This would have been written down. It's an important thing. That's quite cool. Like Morse code is the thing that's that's used around the world still today. And it was invented because this bloke didn't get to his wife's funeral because they were trying to write letters to him while he was off on seas or something. Oh, thanks thanks for repeating. I actually really enjoyed it the second time around. Cheers, Dan. Well, if you'd have listened the first time around, you might have... Uh... Well, I think maybe in the future the point is to just omit the date until yeah. the end. I'll yes. Just, I'll, just at the end, I'll just at the start go... In 1980, minus years. The way to do it... You know Morse code? Well, it was invented like this in the year... Yeah. Dot, dash, dot, dot. And then that, that's the way you lead. You see, you lock me oh, in. I, I forget that he switches off like He's a, a moron. Kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you lock me in. But if you open it with back in, you know, back in 1728, I'm like... 1825, mate. What's the point here? 400 years later. Right, any more for any more? No, yeah, we're all good. No, but good. good fact, Mark, actually. Actually, we, we dismissed that with me being a dickhead. But good fact, actually. I enjoyed it. What have we learned this week? Well, if you're an eccentric dictator, the best thing to do is to rename all the months and the days of the week. Also, Mark, my red-headed friend, is going to die young. And Connor wants a little phone that he can do a poopy in. We'll see you next week. It's info at baffledpod.com if you want to get in touch. We've got a new Connor Explains for you on Friday. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. See you later. Uh, And I will see you soon. Until then, goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.